This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Download Upside and start getting cash back wherever you roll. It's like having your own hype man. Get an average of 17% cash back at restaurants. Oh, it's dinner time. Average of 13% on groceries. Get those groceries. 10 cents per gallon average cash back on gas. It's go time. Plus, cash back at participating convenience stores too. Stacks on stacks. Users can earn hundreds of dollars a year, three times more than other apps. Upside, show me that money. All right, we get it. Get it. It's easy. Just sign up for the free Upside app and start getting cash back for doing you. Download the free Upside app and use promo code DOYOU10 for an extra $10 cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's promo code DOYOU10 for an extra $10 on the free Upside app. Get cash back for doing you with the free app from Upside. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Black, we rebuild the pack. No matter where we at, you know we coming back. Section 336, we on this, so tune in. Tune in. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Yeah, yeah, welcome to Birdland. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Birdland. Now, here come the boys from Section 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Next Generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Roca. Hey, do we have any news to talk about this week? Anything going down? Any? Are we safe to do the podcast? Any late-breaking news we might miss? You know, I found it very interesting that at like 6.01, Rock tweeted out, all right, the Orioles are done, nothing else, because we've all been there. We've all been there at where we think we're safe. At the old, uh, I think it used to be like 4 p.m., 5 p.m. We all have been there where we think the deadline's clear, and 15 minutes later we find out something happened. Yeah, and I thought that was the kiss of death, right? You tweet that out. Oh, totally. To guarantee that something else would drop. Right. I was like, all right, Rock, you should know better. Yeah. So. But no, we, we have a lot to talk about. We could talk, we could go two, three hours a day. We're going to stick to an hour. Uh, right. And we're not going to deal do a lot of on the field stuff because we got to break down these trades. But I just want to say, Josh, before we get into the trades, just watching the game last night, Adley Rutschman, watching his at bats right now is like the highlight of my day every day. Just sitting and watching his at bats, he only swings at at good pitches. Every pitch he swings that he hits hard. It's just it's the joy of my life. I haven't gotten this much enjoyment out of a player. Um, since watching, you know, Manny Machado play third or Brian Mattis throw his amazing curveball. I, I just, I enjoy it. So it. Really, it's a highlight of my day. I, more than seeing my kids when I go home from work, more than seeing my wife, seeing Adley at, at, at bat is the highlight of my day. I was waiting for the, the, I haven't had this much enjoyment since Brian Mattis. I knew that was coming. Um, it's also, it's doubles. It's doubles, doubles, doubles. It's 
he finds the holes. He gets it. And it's interesting to see, I believe that Weeders had a similar start, and even Manny Machado, where he was hitting doubles at the beginning there, and then those doubles turned into home runs. Because now he's in the major league uh, weight room. He's going to have a major league like off season, putting on some weight, and all those doubles are going to turn into home runs next year, uh, as long as he stays away yeah, from left field. Even his singles are like 110 mile per hour off the bat exactly. signals. And even Jim Palmer mentioned, like, this kid just always finds the barrel. Like, the ball finds the yeah. barrel of the bat. And and to me, it's not a mystery. It's because he only swings at good pitches. And so he's going to get the barrel more often because he's not Ryan Mackhouse. So swinging everything comes up there. So anyway, I know we're going to break down the Mancini, the Lopez, what the Orioles did right, do, we'll what do they it. didn't do. But I just wanted to say I, I love watching Adley Rushman. Yeah. No, it is. I this, this team, I love this team. And I think the, the – I think I texted you today – that as we get into these trades, the Michael, the only Michael Elias quote that bothered me is him coming out and publicly saying that he doesn't think this team's going to make it into the wild card. Yeah, and I, I'm on the other side. I, I really like that quote a lot, but we can get into it later. I mean, all right, let's be honest. I agree with the quote. I don't like the, the GM saying it at the front, but we can get to it. We'll get to it later as we break all this down. Um, we got up and straight into baseball, or you want anything else going on in your life? I mean, I started my new job here at Mercer University. I'm at, uh, I just finished day two. Um, and I, I had to take Silas to his elementary, you know, he starts kindergarten tomorrow. Oh, and, tomorrow. Know, back to school night. Oh, yeah, because you're in Georgia, so you start early. My kids start next week. Yeah, yeah we start stupid. And Maryland will start like a month from now. Yeah. We start stupid early over well, here. The difference is, you know why Maryland starts late. Because Ocean City and, and tourist money. No, it's because they don't have, they didn't, for years and years and years, they didn't have air conditioning in the schools. No, it, it's because Larry Hogan wants all the tourism for Ocean <laughs> City. That's something to do with Larry Hogan. Josh, it's 100% it. This is the, the schools have started late in Maryland since we were kids. Josh, they didn't bump Larry up. Hogan didn't. passed the bill to start after Labor Day okay. so we can get all that tourist money over Labor Day and Labor yeah. Weekend, all that stuff. But schools used to start the week before Labor Day. Labor Day is still a month away. Right. Schools in Florida and Georgia start a lot earlier than up north. But it also means the kids get done sooner here. And you, so. and you have more breaks in the school year than we do in Maryland. Yeah, yeah. Georgia, Georgia gets a fall break. Yeah, we got like a week in October. Yeah. Well, I don't at Mercer, but Silas does. But anyway, no, on, let's be real. I was college college gets school. enough breaks. That's true. I was I was walking in elementary school and it made me so grateful a to not teach elementary kids because that's just total chaos in there. But b to not even like so far Mercer and, and the students haven't arrived yet. So it's a very this is my favorite time of year. You're just on campus all by yourself. You got I got my own office to relax. It's very peaceful. Before the chaos begins yeah. in a couple of weeks. So you got your office put together? No. I mean, I got a bunch of boxes in there. How much? Um, how much? That I really don't know what to do with. How much O's gear is going to be in your office? Are you going to be the type of guy that the button-up professor, or are you going to be the guy that shows a little bit of a little bit of Maryland, brings a little Baltimore swag into your office? Yeah. No. No. I got about four or five of my favorite bobbleheads. I got the Austin Hayes glow man. I got the Dylan. Bundy, Dundee bobblehead. I got a Manny Machado bobblehead. Right. I got Chris Davis and his dog bobblehead. So I got, I'm representing with the bobbleheads. Yeah, all of those um, are from the 2012 to 2016 run. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Not the, not Austin Hayes glove man. Yeah. Though even Austin Hayes is he's wearing a Bowie hat. So. <laughs> right. But but yeah, no, they're all. 
They're all a bit dated, um, as my bobbleheads tend to be. Yeah. All right. Well, that's cool. I'm glad you're representing that. Yeah. 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 I'll give so, you. A, I'll give you. Yeah. A, before we get into the Orioles, I'll give you a quick PlayStation update. Oh, great. we haven't done a PlayStation update in a couple months now. I feel like. Yeah, I'm, I'm always so, afraid to ask now. Yeah, I know. It's irritated. It's so irritating. So it's been um, it's been uh, three weeks now of every day saying they're coming, but. She said it's been three weeks. You mean it's been yeah, a year it's been and a half? Year and okay, a half. but go it's ahead. Been, it's been a year and a half. But it's been yeah. three weeks of him calling every morning and saying it's got to be today. Oh, phone calls. Yeah, phone calls. Not just texts. Yeah. yeah. And I'm an idiot. I should be recording all these phone calls. Today's phone call, well, the, today started with last night at 11 o'clock at night calling me and saying, don't worry, it's getting done before tonight's over, which I thought was cutting it a little close at 11 p.m. I mean, <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. I knew it wasn't happening. Yeah. Today he calls me at like 9 a.m. and says, hey, I'm granted, for the past two months, the excuse has been that the PlayStations are in his office in St. Augustine, but he can't get them out of his office because he needs a key and a key card. It's like, it's like a... Uh, Mission Impossible thing. You need two keys to unlock the door. And he right, has one right, of the right. keys, and he keeps he, he can't get the other guy to meet him with the other key. And two people have to be there exactly. to open the door at right. the same exact time. He needs a the key keys, card like a and a bomb. physical yeah. key. Exactly. So that's yeah. been the excuse for two months. I've just blown him off. I've been so tired of him. Just telling him to his face he's a liar constantly. So right. today is, today here's the call. All right, granted, they've been in St. Augustine. They've been 10 minutes from my house. But you need two cards. Today's call is, I have to drive to Melbourne for work. Melbourne's two Australia? and a half. Australia? Melbourne, Florida. Two and a half hours away. Oh, okay. But don't okay. worry, because I'm meeting another guy there who has all of your systems in his car. I will get them and uh, take a picture and send it to you to show you that I'll have them for you tonight. Then, at 11.30, he texts me and he says, once I finish this meeting... I'm getting the systems, putting them in my car, and I'll send you a picture. I'll be home at 7 o'clock tonight with the systems. I then call him at 6 o'clock, or no, I send him a text, and I say, hey, I never got that picture. Do you have the systems with you? Uh, and he says, well, he goes, well, he calls me and says, well, no, the guy left and drove to this other town like an hour away with my boss. And don't worry. When I finish here, I am then driving down. I have to drive down to Daytona, which is an hour from here, yeah. to meet my boss and this guy, and I'll get the systems in Daytona, and I'll be back late tonight with the systems. So the systems that were 10 minutes from my home in today alone have traveled all around the state yeah. to make it to my home. So yeah. the PlayStation update is the guy is coming up with even more creative lies as I keep calling him a liar. Yeah, yeah. That's like getting a, a package during the pandemic. You would just watch everywhere and never arrive at your house. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, that's true. I should have. Yeah, I wish I could have put a little um, iPhone like tracker on the systems, so I know. Yeah, where, yeah. You where need to do what be. they did in that We Own the City, where you get one. I guess you can buy them somewhere and put it under the car and track the car. I mean, you can go get the little. Uh, you can get not the AirPods, but the uh, the little. You can Apple makes little trackers that you can put on like your kid or your keys. Oh, really? then you can find them on your, I don't know. As much as you lose stuff, I don't know why you don't have one of these yet on your keys. Yeah, you're just blowing my mind that this is actually a thing. That, well, yeah, all right, hold on, hold on. 
I know we got to talk Orioles, but now we're yeah. going in a completely different direction. And if we, we got to talk tracking, I got to tell you my story of tracking my AirPods this week. Okay. I fall asleep with my AirPods in my ear sometimes. I think a lot of people do that. That's I've, dangerous. I'll put in. I'll put I in. had a kid who went to high school and got the ear jammed in his head, had to have surgery to get the earpod, uh, earpod out. Go ahead. All right. Well, now they're wireless, so they just fall out. So, all right. Okay. So I, fell I just asleep. made up that story anyway. Go ahead. Yeah, you could should have gone with like the cord strangled him or something. Um, oh yeah, that would have been a good one. But anyway, because actually that's probably happened. That's a sad story. Um, yeah, it is sad. So I fall asleep with the AirPods in. Normal. I do this all the time. I wake up. I can't. I when I wake up, I always look for it in bed. It's normally near my pillow or fellow, and I grab it. I put it in the charger so it's good for the day. I couldn't find it. I went to work with just one AirPod. Come home, can't find it. I use the Find My feature on my phone. And it says that it was last located at 2.30 in the morning. Makes sense. That's when it fell out of my ear. Yeah. So, I didn't know you could do that with your AirPods. Yeah. So this is on news. So me. anyway, right, so, cool. I'm tra- so I hit find me and I look yeah, around track. and it says, and it tells me it is no longer in my bedroom. And I'm like, no how morning. is that possible? So I think I'm, I said, this find me stuff doesn't work. I this show is up in Melbourne, Josh. So, you should start being concerned. So... The next day, I do it again, nothing. The next day, uh, so my now habit is when I'm lying in bed, I hit the find me because it, the stupid thing's broken. At some point, it is going to find it because why would it ever leave my bed? Right. This time, I'm laying in bed, I hit find me, and it says it's there. So I you jump out of bed, and I'm here. like, it's in yeah. here. And then um, I jump out of bed, and Kelly's like, let's find it. Kelly climbs under the bed. The dog, meanwhile, got knocked out of the bed and in the process and ran into the other room and then all of a sudden it says it's no longer in my room so mm. but 30 seconds later it says it's in my room again and now that it's in my room i can press the button that says play music so i press okay. the music and and we can hear it we can hear it real subtly but we can't figure out where it is and then it goes away and it's no longer in the room then it's back in the room it's playing the music, and we see the dog struggling with something in its mouth. Mm. We reach in, pull it out. She swallowed the AirPod two days ago when it's it started one, making yeah. music inside of her stomach. We heard it. Apparently, the music and the vibration in her stomach caused her like enough irritability that she gagged it up, and I got my AirPod oh. back. So I now have my AirPod back. It works perfectly fine. It just has a dent or two in it from the teeth marks of the dog. Oh, that, that, that's so, a gross. I wonder uh, what music turned the dog off. I she spewed the music I out of know. her mouth. I don't know. It was it was whatever the find me sound is. It was, it's and probably I, bird's eye view podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying the find me stuff works, apparently, even if it's in a human. And I'm telling you even this now. Even in the bowels of the dog. Because this was in the bowels of the dog for two days. Yeah. Yeah, you might, two days. Right. Just saying, if you want to track a kid, let him eat an AirPod. Yeah. Then you can Judge, this should be like a commercial for the strength of Apple AirPods. It was, it was weird. Like, the stomach in the stomach oh, of a dog for two days. Really strange. Really strange. Yeah. Um, not as strange as this as this trade deadline. Yeah. So at this point, all three of these six listeners are irritated at us because yeah. you've started or, the podcast. And well, spent- no. 15 minutes talking about nonsense. But see, there's also the wing of the of the podcast that gets irritated that this year the Orioles have been so much fun that we talk about the Orioles a ton. 
Yeah, that's true. We had the guys that hopped on during the pandemic where we had to go weeks without talking baseball. Yeah. So, yeah, let's talk some Orioles, though, because a lot of the Orioles were fun to watch still. And then all this trade deadline stuff went down. Yeah, and there was a lot of speculation surrounding the Orioles, uh, of course, around Trey, also around all the bullpen arms because our bullpen has been so impressive. Um, Also around, of course, Santander. I feel like we've been talking about trading Santander as long as he's been here. Well, I'd say, but I'll also say for all your places pre-trade deadline to listen to trade talk section 336 got it right well we had our high kind of i think we got it wrong in one kind of big way but but yeah i think for the most part we we were all over this we were all over trey's gone we were all over there's a good chance lopez is gone you're gonna sell him high yep so i I guess josh where we went wrong though and and let's start i guess in order of the moves i think there's three moves here that was made let's start in order the first move they made was i think the biggest trey mancini and I think where we were wrong is we both said the writing was kind of on the wall, yes. um, both from Trey's perspective and Michael Elias's perspective. Right. Um, but what what surprised me, and I know surprised you, the re- because we talked the about return? it, is the return. It's the return's the return. awesome. We it's said, oh, well, maybe if we get like, we might get like a low, you know, top 30 prospect, like maybe a 20 or 29 ranked prospect. Right. Um, but we got Josh, um, Seth Johnson, who I know he has injury. Like right now, he's he has Tommy John, so he'll be out for you know a year. Um, but he goes in as our eighth ranked prospect. Josh, he goes in as our yeah. number three ranked pitching prospect after Grayson Rodriguez, right. DL Hall, and then Seth Johnson. And if you just got Seth Johnson alone, who they got from the Rays. You would think, oh, that's a pretty good deal. Right. Pretty no. our third best pitching prospect, yeah. eighth overall prospect. Yeah, I saw other people have at seventh, so seventh, eighth in there in our farm system. It's great. Yeah, Either I mean, way, I'm it's just a top, an MLB pipeline. But yeah, a top, a, another top ten guy in our lineup. Yeah, and and then, but you also you not only get him, you also get a guy. Oh, and by the way, the other thing I say about Seth Johnson, um, Van Graffs had him ranked like 107, right? Um, so almost a top 100 prospect, and, and then I, you also on top I of get, that. Right, and he's got to get Tommy yeah. John, but I'd rather him get it now in the minors than when he hit, when we're ready to see him in the majors. Yeah, I mean we're at the point now where the injury issue is a concern, but you have so many players who have successfully come back from, from Tommy John. Right, Tommy John is, is yeah. not by any means a career ender no, at all. Right, it, it slows things down because you got to take that full year. But a lot of times guys are coming back stronger. Yeah, um, and then you also get. Chase McDermott, who comes in as a 12th ranked prospect, according to MLB Pipeline, <laughs> and our fourth ranked pitching prospect. So now Depth. we got our third ranked pitching prospect and our fourth ranked p- p- pitching prospect, yep. eighth and 12th overall, um, for for Trey Mancini. For two where, months of two months of Trey Mancini. For two months of Trey Mancini, and I mean, if you look at where he falls in, I mean, the, these guys fall in against guys who talk fall ahead of guys we've been talking about. Yeah, like they're ranked above Michael Bauman and Taron Vavra, who we've just seen here, and, no, if and guys like Hudson Haskins. So it's it's exciting that we got such a high return for, for Trey Mancini, right? Yeah, and for something that doesn't hurt twenty twenty three because Trey wasn't here next year, and it's not about right. this season; it's about twenty twenty three. And if you are one of these guys hating on this trade, you are misbalancing. You're leaning too much into Trey Mancini, the really cool, amazing person who fought cancer versus Trey Mancini, the baseball player. You're not looking at the stats and you're not looking at how it would help us. And to think that 
this means Michael Elias is thrown in the towel. It's not that because Trey Mancini was gonna, wasn't going to help you next year. And nothing, as we talked about this last week, we talked about this for the past three weeks. As fun as these Orioles are, as fun as 2022 is, we do not want Michael Elias planning on 2022 to the detriment of 2023 and beyond. Yeah, and, and I mean, I disagree a little bit. I think, I think Trey Mancini can and will help us in 2023. But How? I think it's interesting to, to look at... What, you think we oh, resign uh, him in the offseason? by the Orioles. You th- oh, because uh, no one else will, send a, will give him the amount of money? Well, I think it's going to be interesting. I, I'm just reading Michael Elias' quotes. I'd love it. I, I think Michael Elias realizes the importance of veteran leadership in a World Series team. And I think like there's, I think Michael Elias really oh, wants Trayman C. I got it. You're what saying, don't you're know. saying, you're saying, go to Houston, get some experience, go win a World Series, come back here and lead these kids on. Absolutely, that's <laughs> absolutely what I'm you're, saying. You're sending him on a, you're sending him on a field trip. Go learn. Yes, we got a spot for you. Yes, this is like camp or something. Yeah, <laughs> like he's going to military school or whatever to become a leader yeah, yeah, uh, to, right. to train. Go get, to come back and lead, and right, lead our men. Right, go get your masters. We'll see you next year. <laughs> I, yeah, that's I why people are so I, upset. I, I don't believe this, but I like yeah, your theory. I believe it. I like your theory. The only thing I, the only thing that concerns me, Josh, about my theory, and and I'm and I think because I think Michael Elias wants to do this, and I think he still fits, and uh-huh. everyone thinks like, no, we need to move Michael Elias we'll, because we need to make room for Kyle Stowers. <laughs> like, we'll get into that in a minute. I, okay, but, so you're the, saying that this this move. Uh, all right, so you're saying today's move with uh, Brandon Phillips leads into your theory. Oh, it, it all builds because Because don't bring up Stowers because we're just – Brandon Phillips is just going to placehold for Mancini. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> okay. No one's I interested like, in – I like your Alex Elias Jones not interested in Kyle Stowers. Elias is interested in Mike Elias. I mean, Elias is interested all right, in so in you're Mancini. saying I'll be back. Yeah, my only concern about my theory, Josh, is though that I watched every minute – I watched every minute of the Mancini – press conference oh, in Houston. The left field wall. He's con- very the, excited. The left field he wall. very excited is, yeah. to, about the wall. Yes. About, you know, about peeing on a, on a, on a World Series contender. Yep. Like, he is pumped up to be in Houston. But, listen, the World Series contender, I think the Orioles can, can make that work for, 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 for Mancini. I don't know the wall thing, though. It is a much shorter wall in Houston in left field. He's going to be enjoying that wall. Do you think Mancini would have been more likely to like try to stay in Baltimore if they didn't move that wall? I think that wall like affected him personally. Like he took it as a real personal attack. Oh yeah, I mean absolutely it bothered him. Like it is, it clearly bothered yeah, him. Of course, um, on like a really deep level, and like it robbed him of a few home runs. There's no doubt he would have had a few more home runs than, than he actually has. Well, hopefully and, the the short porch in Houston helps get those back. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm curious to see. I think the off season for Trey Mancini next year is interesting, and I think I do think Mike Elias will pursue Trey. I just don't know if the feelings I, are mutual. I mean, I do know Trey loves Baltimore. I do know Trey loves his teammates. I just if we can't sign Trey Mancini because that stupid wall, it's going to be annoying to me. Um, <laughs> I just don't know. Josh, you, you you hinted at this though. Yeah. Can we talk about this a little bit? The the media and fan reaction. We'll oh, get to Lopez so and Phillips, and we talk about that. But just Mancini, here's my impression from the fan and media. And tell me if you've got a different impression. I thought everyone was kind of like the fans were like, for the most part, we love Trey, but we also kind of get the move. And I thought the media was like, for the most part, 
Um, you know, you have your Buster Olney saying it's just a salary dump or whatever. Buster right. Olney is right. He is who he is. Exactly. But I thought for the most part, there was a nice article about fan graphs. Jeff Passan, uh, he talked about it too. How the Orioles got a really nice return yeah. for Trey Mancini. If you're going to trade him, um, you got a really nice return for him. So I thought most of the fan and media reaction was pretty positive towards Trey Mancini yeah, and like understanding of, of it. A lot of, oh, this one hurts. Oh, this is a punch to the gut. Sure. A lot of that. And it's like, I don't know. I've we've The writing on the wall has been all season. We've right. known. It's, it should have surprised known, no one. There's no surprise. There's yeah. no gut punch. Getting a traded, trade and trade Mancini was not a surprise to anyone. We all saw it coming. Right. We all cheered when he got that inside the park shot as his last hit. I, we haven't talked yeah, about that. It was, it was hilarious because we all knew it was his last right. at bat as an Oriole in Camden Yards. Yeah, and until it was he one resigned of those, to 2023. Yeah, no, and it, and it was also fun because it's one of those things that only happens in baseball. We talk a lot about just the magic of baseball and how there's something like special with baseball and stuff weird like that happens. So for that to happen on Mo Gabba Day was just perfect. Yeah, I know Mo Gabba Day. Um, yep. And just such a fun moment. But we all knew then Mancini was being traded. So to say yes. it's a gut punch, to say it's a surprise, to say this one really hurts, to say uh, to say I'm no longer an Orioles fan, to, to bring up the Angelos family again saying this team will never win as long as the Angelos has owned this team because Trey Mancini got traded is ridiculous. It makes no sense. Yeah, and I, I and maybe you were reading stuff I I wasn't reading. I didn't see a whole lot of oh, that. I saw, I'm sure there's, I saw there's a whole lot of that. Out there. Hold, a whole lot of okay. that. Maybe I need to fix my – you know the yeah, you know what the problem is? I checked out the Facebook page. Oh, see, I, I haven't been the, on Facebook at all. I checked out the yeah. Orioles Facebook. That's the problem. Yeah. That was the problem. Yeah. And it's just um, so many people that just whine, and it's and that and uh, be more center over on Twitter, going crazy like this team is starting over. The rebuild is acting like this is what we were four or five years ago, and not understanding huge pictures. The big picture, I don't get it. This is very clear yeah. part of the big picture. This makes your team well, better for the future. Well, and, and speaking it, of bigger picture, yeah. let's get to the Michael Elias quote. Um, and, and let's, if you don't mind, I'm just going to read the entire quote. Um, yeah, go ahead. And, and, and we can respond to it and you can talk about your concerns with the quote. Right. I actually kind of like the quote. All right. Let's hear um, your, let's hear your Michael Elias impersonation. <clears throat> um, Michael Elias says, I wish it was Dan Duquette. He had a better voice than Michael Elias. So I, generic. Have you noticed that with Dan Duquette, we used to get the audio of all these quotes. When Michael Elias quotes, I never can find the recording. It's always just written. That's true, too. Yeah, the, the, these quotes, I, I didn't hear Michael Elias say. No, just back down. in the Dan Duquette day, I would have that as a button, and let's listen to Dan. Michael yeah. Elias, it's always like written statements. Yeah. Um, here's the quote he says, Michael Elias says, I think the 500 record we have, the winning the last couple months that we have, the momentum we have, has made this a much more difficult decision and a much more complicated trade deadline than it would have been or that any of the past ones have been. But ultimately, I have to tether my decisions to the outlook and the probabilities of this year. We have a shot at a wild card right now, but it is not a probability that we're going to win a wild card. We have all different ways of looking at it, at that and moves that we make that can strengthen our chances for next season and the season beyond, and the one beyond that are something we have to continue to consider despite tremendous progress our players have made this year, that our coaches have made. And I'll stop. The quote goes on, but I can stop right now, Josh, because that's your issue, right? 
I, where he says, but it is not a probability that we're, we're going to win yeah, a wild card. I, you have a problem with that. Here's my problem with that. That's bulletin board material. Now, that could be bulletin board material to motivate the guys. It could be. I could see Brandon Hyde taking that quote and sticking it up in the bullpen and say, even Mike Elias doesn't think we're going to get this wild card slot. Let's go. Let's go, boys. I can see that to motivate them, but I don't like that. I like the – I like – there's no – I don't think there's a need to say, hey, uh, the chances are slim this year. I think you could have made the exact same quote and said, we know, even though we're playing amazing right now, we really need to plan on the future and lay things out in 2023 and beyond without saying the chance we make – we're probably not going to make the wild card. I think that little part of the statement was unnecessary. Okay. Josh, but what does the word probability mean? Oh, we have, I get, we have a point, what, two, are we up to 2% now? 0.2% chance? I know. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I, I think it's as high as 5%. Uh, um, maybe, to, to, to uh, yeah, maybe it's five now as we keep getting closer. Um, but, but probability means it's probable, right? It's probable. And right. I would say probable is like over 50% is probable. And it's not even at 5%. And I could also bring up, by the way, that, you know, I don't know if our starting pitching can hold up. And by the way, Tyler Wells, who's been our best starter for a while now, is out for the next five right. or six weeks. Uh, I could also bring up we, that, oh, by bad, the way, we don't, we're all counting on D.L. Hall, who gave up another three home runs, six runs, and two innings today. He he looks like he's really struggling again. So D.L. Right. Hall is not going to come and save us. I don't know where the pitching's going to come from, even outside that 5%. Van so I currently think, has 2.3%. Okay, 23 probably after these trades. I, I could also point out that, uh, Josh, we did an episode a couple weeks ago, and I think the, 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 the title was something like Winning with Crap, um, uh, yeah, where we acknowledged like that, that yeah. we were a subpar team overachieving. Oh, yeah, um, I was oh, watching his fan today. That. Yeah, yeah. I was watching his fan today, and they had um, um, Buster Olney, you know, just crying like the Nats, when they won the World Series – the, uh, at, at the trade deadline, they were around 500. The Braves last year around the trade deadline were under 500. Those teams went all in to, to, to win. The Orioles are right there where those teams were, and they're not choosing to go all in to win. And then it, and Jeff Pep, and Jeff Pat Passon, bless his heart, Jeff Pat Passon was like, yeah, but the Braves team was, was built had really win. good players. Right. They were built to win. Right. So was the Nationals. The Nationals, they spent a lot of money. They had a and great rotation. Like they were built, they were just underachieving. Yes. The Orioles are the opposite. They've Agreed. been incredibly overachieving, and it's just a matter of time before they, they regress. No. And so I agree with that. And I think yeah. I think twenty twenty three, if you're just a little above five hundred at the trade deadline, you're buying. Right. I, I mean, yeah, it depends on the makeup of your team and right. who's there. Right. But but yeah, I mean also the other thing to take take into account is we play a lot of games against the Rays and the Blue Jays. Yes. The the Blue Jays got better. The Yankees, by the way, got better in our division. The Rays, I don't know if you guys realize this, we've been playing the Rays B squad. Yeah, they've been they injured. will get healthy eventually, and they'll be better. Um, yes. and, and so all the teams will get better, and, and uh, inevitably lessening our chances. And so if you're, if you're Michael Elias, the, the reason I like the quote, Josh, is I like this quote because – We've been talking about it since Michael Ice got here. He's so honest. His whole thing is increasing the mathematical chances of us being World Series contenders 
every single year. Right. He's been so upfront about that. Yes. Even now, right? His whole thing is not, oh, we got a, oh, we got a 5% chance. Let's well, go. No, that's not his thing. His thing is, I want to be consistent World Series contender. I want the yes. math to say that we are 90% likely to be World Series contenders every single year. He's a math guy. Like, right. He, he we relies don't... on Sigma Dell. So if the math isn't there... He's not there, and I, right. I appreciate that. No, I like that. I'm glad that he's not. It's not going to be like a national situation where you win the World Series, you trade all your guys, you bl- you implode completely to save money, and, yeah. and maybe do a rebuild. We it's, see that with the Royals. We see that yeah, over and over again. Over, teams, over and that's again. not what Michael Elias is building. No, and I like that. I like. I totally trust Michael Elias. I liked the trades he made, and I totally see it being good trades for the future that don't really hurt his team for the present. Right. And and I yeah. And by present um, and I mean twenty twenty three. Twenty twenty two is we've already outperformed what our expectations for twenty twenty two. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that Josh is a lot of this kind of uh disagreement comes down to this question. Like, do you think the Orioles in twenty twenty three I mean in twenty twenty two, this year, twenty twenty two, do you think the Orioles are World Series contenders? And, and personally no. I don't. Like I'm enjoying no. this ride. I love it. Like, I'm watching the wild card. I hope they get the wild card. I'm loving it. But I do not look at them compared to teams like the Astros and Yankees and even Blue Jays and think of them as serious World Series contenders this year. No, I think we have a shot for a wild card, maybe, and that could be fun. And I think that's still a really long shot. I think that still has to do with these competitions against the Rays and Blue Jays. Um, I mean, now we're two and a half out of wild card. We're two and a half out of third place. If we don't end up in last place... That's a win to me. So, yeah, I don't see us as a World Series contender, but what's, it's been, what, four years now of you and I saying 2023, and I still believe in 2023 because I look at the farm, and I look how the farm, I believe last week or the week before, we were saying um, don't, <laughs> I was listening, I put it out on Twitter, I put, uh, don't worry, the Orioles shouldn't be buyers. We've got enough guys in the farm system to let them come up. And I was listening to the Chad Dukes podcast, and I guess he saw my tweet, and I got roasted for like a week for, for <laughs> trusting the Orioles that the Orioles don't need to bring any guys in because we've got the farm system. And I still believe that. Yeah. We've got guys in the back yeah. end that make this team better. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And, and if there's one weakness of our farm system, we've been spending it's a pitching. lot of our draft ca- ca- capital on – yeah, on college bats and, and offensive players. Yep. And our we have one weakness. It is lack of pitching depth. And we have, we have Grace Marigas, who, who seems like legit. We have D.L. Hall, who I don't think we even know. He's kind of a wild card. Um, has the potential to be great, but could also right. just be kind of, you know, always wild. And then that's kind of it. Um, yeah. And we have some younger players, but that's so, who else can we count on? To, and so we got all of a sudden two, our third and fourth, Best yeah. pitching prospects in the Trey Mancini deal. It just makes all the no, sense I'll, in the world and, addressing a weakness. And you traded Trey Mancini and got a better return than Dan Duquette got for trading Manny Machado. I, yeah. I mean, if you want to trade one for one, like Machado was a better player to trade. We got better. We got a better return here. Well, yeah. I mean, at the time, you, using Aldea as ironically now caught up. Because Trey Mancini right. was traded, right. using Ideas was the top 100 prospect that this deal doesn't have. Right. Um, but so, and we'll see. I mean, I mean, both these guys. I mean, the argument against them is they're both about to turn 24. 
one guy has struggled this year in a ball a lot of strikeouts but yep. you know the era is a little bit higher than than, than you want it yeah but the strikeout and the other is guy's like having time john surgery and probably won't be back to, until he's 25 that era is that era is weird because he's got a high era but then he's got a strikeout rate of like two strikeouts in an inning or something yeah yeah if you're looking at, at i mean you're talking about um chase McD- chase mcdermott um who we got from the houston astros this year, his ERA in in kind of high A ball is, um, you know, I'm looking at fan graphs. Oh, yeah, it's 5.50, but he averages 14 strikeouts uh, every nine innings. So, so yeah, he's striking out a ton of guys. Yeah, it's, really, it's crazy. Um, but has the higher A. And so I right. think that's something that I think the Orioles think that they can work with. And the other guy, Smith, was, um, according to, you know, fan graphs, was – the Rays' second best pitching prospect, and the Rays know you know a little something about drafting and developing pitching, right? As do the Astros. Um, and so no, I am, I was very surprised with what we got for Trey Mancini. Very impressed. I, I think a lot of people were, yeah. And I think our whole reason why maybe don't trade Trey Mancini is because the return won't be there, yeah. We it thought it turns out the return was there, <laughs> so which, uh, which yeah. makes me wonder about the Trey Mancini offseason. Because I was really convincing myself this past week, looking at Trey compared to other first basemen, he's average. He's not an amazing first baseman. He hasn't been able to get back to his 2019 pre-cancer performance offensively. And I was really convincing myself, oh, he's another team wouldn't be having this discussion like we have. And we value him more as a person. But when I see what Houston gave up for him, it makes me think, all right, maybe there is people out there that want Trey Mancini. Yeah. And I think especially with the DH now in both leagues. Um, yeah. yeah I mean, helps. I think Trey will have some suitors th- this offseason. All right. Including the Orioles. So how about Lopez's trade? Came in Can late. we talk one more thing about Trey Mancini? Yeah, go ahead. Well, just the replacement. So a lot of people said this is a roster construction move. <laughs> and this made right. me, I laughed. That it, that it I makes, literally laughed out loud myself. That it's supposed to make room for Stowers. Make room for Costello. Makes no sense. And and so the Orioles trade Trey Mancini, and the corresponding move to <laughs> yeah. replace Trey Mancini is to call up Yusniel Diaz, who Jim yes. Palmer. It was so funny listening to him talk about in in the game. I don't know if you heard it, but Jim Palmer is like, yeah, he's not really hitting for a high average, and he's not really hitting any home runs. Right. But here he was caught up. Yeah. <laughs> so they call up Yusniel Diaz. Who famously came from the Manny Machado trade, who's had injuries and just right. struggled and but, hasn't been playing well in Triple A. He's had injuries this year as well. Yes. They call up him to replace Trey Mancini. Josh, your thoughts on using Diaz and not Kyle Stowers I, to the call up? It, it, I feel like sometimes Michael Ice does stuff just to tell the fan base, I'm in control, not you. Yeah. The more you root for DL Hall, the more I'm going to keep him down. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, you want Stowers up? No, we're going to put Diaz on. And I'm going to bring in Brandon Phillips because yeah, Brandon Brett, Phillips, yeah. uh, Brett Phillips, sorry. Why do I keep calling him Brandon? Because, uh, yeah, he's got a career like 190 a batting average, and he's not that great. But he's an amazing person with a great personality and veteran leadership. He's Trey Mancini. <laughs> Here you go. You yeah. guys love Trey Mancini? Here's the Trey Mancini replacement. This guy's going to be great. You'll like him. For all the reasons that you love Trey, this guy's got all the same stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's funny. I mean, the obvious reason that you could cite is that Kyle Stowers is not on the 40 man roster and using ODS is. Right. Um, but it also seems to me, Josh, a bit of of 
they obviously don't feel that Kyle Stowers is ready or yes. that he needs some more time in AAA. Right. Um, and, I, and I do they think, gave, like, they gave as him far the, as... Right. They gave him the little chance up in Toronto. With yeah. the expanded. Yeah, yeah, he got... And he was able to do that because... I guess there's different rules when yeah, you're placing. It doesn't a, count against the 40 a, man. A vaccine. You didn't have to be in the 40 man right. to, to make that trip. Um, but you do have to be in the 40 man now to be caught up. Yes. And and so I think that's the main reason. And using Diaz has been sitting on the 40 I, man. I, I don't I also think he has to play a lot. And also maybe because Kyle Stowers want him to play more. And well, I, I don't know. They're not going to play him. I, don't know. I think you still might see Stowers. I think you brought Diaz up because you had a slot that you had to fill. You weren't going to adjust right. anyone on the 40 man because you were still working out trades and deals. You're still making more moves. So sure. you can't, you need to leave space on the 40 man if you had a hole. You don't want to fill it up with a guy because you're going to bring someone else in. You're trying to make moves. So you're not going to adjust that 40 man while you're still trying to make moves. I think part of what I'm interested in now is now what do the Orioles do now as far as pieces that are currently playing that are not part of the future where you've got guys banging on the door. And we'll, I mean, we yeah, and it's to good that. to see Vavra up and Vavra yes. finally playing. Um, and you hope that's the beginning of, of more playing. Right, right. But then they're not going to waste time talking about it today. We'll get to it next week. No, we we'll break down these trades. We'll get to play Lopez. Yeah, because but, ne- next week um, is when we'll start talking. All right, when does Westbrook come up? When does yeah. Henderson come up? When does DL Hall come up? Because there is a foul smell. I can even say a foul odor batting fifth in our lineup right now. That I am so sick of is driving me nuts. Unless it's and the so, unless it's the ninth inning with a man on second and two outs, then put him yes. out with the plate. Yeah. Other than that, um, I want him being a good clubhouse guy in the clubhouse. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Let's talk Lopez. Sure. So the Orioles traded Jorge Lopez for again some more pitching. Um, they got right-hander Yenier Cano. Um, who's uh, a reliever with some major league experience. They got Cade Povich, who is the highest-ranked prospect uh, on that list. And they got a couple young players who will go to the Gulf Coast League or whatever, Juan Nunez and Juan Rojas. Um, That's the return. I think Cade Povich falls into uh, like 20, I have it right here, 26 Left-hander, 22 years old, is now a 26-ranked prospect right below Eusebio Diaz. Right. Uh, Josh, your thoughts on both trading Jorge Lopez when you still had a couple years of control on him. Um, you had this year, the rest of this year, and two more years. And then also the return we got for Jorge it, Lopez. What are your thoughts on the trade? It made sense to trade tra- uh, to trade Lopez. Uh, we talked about last week. He's having He's playing out of his mind. He's having a career year. He's got no track record of pitching this well. So you're you're basically expecting some regression and selling him, trying to sell him high. And as far as the return, it's a bunch of gambles. It's a bunch of throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see maybe something will stick. And yeah. I think it's also a, hey, our bullpen is great. We don't need Lopez because we got Batista. We got guys to do this. And, and Batista is our future closer and we're going to sell Lopez high because we don't think he can put up these same numbers next year. Yeah. And, and I'm coming kind of the other end. I, I'm not a fan of the deal um, for the reasons that, that you just said, 
it's a bunch of kind of wild cards. Oh, it's a bunch of it's a bunch things of at the wall. Gambles, yeah. And and I don't buy the regression argument for Jorge Lopez. Yeah, like maybe he won't have an ERA of one every year. Like maybe his ERA will be higher than that. But the, the, the reality is his stuff has gotten a lot better since a couple of years ago, right? So being moved to the back of the bullpen, he can throw as hard as he wants. He's throwing, you know, a hard 90, high 90s thinker. Like his stuff is good. And he's going to remain a good bullpen arm. Maybe not this do- dominant. I mean, and your argument about him being replaceable is, is fair. Because I don't think we'll lose much when whoever moves, Tate, Perez, Bautista, we have right. a, a bunch of good arms back there. But I was also arguing, I mean, we've been watching the Orioles recently. Um, and the starting pitching doesn't go deep in the games. And we see Bautista pitch, you know, three out of four games. And I just think unless you have great starters, which the Orioles don't have great starters, and I think next year they're not going to have great, great starters, I want as many high-quality bo- – I mean, this has been the key to our success, right? right. We're going to keep you close. We might get behind a little bit in the, in the first five innings, but we're going to hang in there, and our bullpen is going to dominate you and shut you down. And you're able to do that because you have Tate – and Lopez and Perez. And when they pitch back-to-back nights, you have other guys um, where if we thin out that bullpen, all of a sudden Batista pitches back-to-back nights, you don't have a Lopez there. You don't have another guy to go to. Um, and so I think you just need as many good bullpen arms, especially when you have a struggling starter. Now, do I think the Orioles can replace Jorge Lopez with another solid bullpen arm? I, I bet they can. I bet. They, I mean, they found these guys, right, off waivers. I mean, all these guys, a bunch of waiver claims um, who they turned into successes. And can they do it again? Yeah. Um, and this guy who they picked up, Cano, I mean, I want to be shocked if he turns into a good back-end bullpen arm. Um, he can throw really hard, apparently, um, next year. And, and so I wouldn't be surprised if they turn him into a success. And this also hopefully makes Vespi, Nick Vespi, a permanent feature of the Orioles' bullpen where he should be. I mean, it's outrageous the way they've treated him, calling him up, let him dominate for two innings, then send him down because he used up his innings. It's terrible how they treated Nick Vespi. So hopefully this means he's, he's a permanent um, resident of the Orioles' uh, bullpen. But no, like we, 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 we opened the podcast talking about how we're looking at 2023. And I think Lopez would have been a nice bullpen piece um, in 2023 along with those other great bullpen arms. I don't think you can have too many great bullpen arms. Will he regress next year? Maybe, but I don't expect him to regress that much. I guess time will tell. Certainly, Mike Elias is counting on selling him high. Though, again, Josh, the return, I'm just surprised. Are you surprised that the return for Jorge Lopez appears to me to be less, significantly less, than the return for for a couple months yes. of Trey Manzini? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised it's less, but I get it. It's I get that. I get what he's doing. I get the purpose of the trade. But yeah, there's nothing in his trade that stands out. Hopefully, in four years, I can say otherwise. Yeah, yeah, and, and time will tell, right? Like these prospect rankings are just kind of random rankings. Who knows what Mike Elias sees in guys? Um, we did get what one, two, three, four players, and so at the end of the day, we walk away from the trade deadline with four pitching pro. Or I'm sorry, six, right? The, the two from Mancini. The four from Jose Lopez, six pitching prospects. Interesting enough, where we spent all our draft capital on college hitters. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence, Josh, that we that we trade for only pitchers. Um, I think Mike Elias, his favorite thing in the world is kind of data, and he mentioned it before probability, right? The probability of being successful, and the more data you have, the better you can predict, right? The better you can predict who's going to be successful. 
and they just have a lot more data on minor league pitchers, right, than they do on college or high school pitchers. Um, and so it makes sense to me that you want to see how, you know, get the more data on the minor league pitchers and then make the trade for him. Um, and so it doesn't shock me that he's using this method. Um, but I was a little bit not surprised that Jorge Lopez was dealt because we've been talking about it for weeks, but a little bit surprised that the return, you know, we didn't get a top nothing. 15 or top 10 prospect yeah. when we got two of those for Trey Mancini. Yeah, I um, yeah, I agree with you. I, I guess that's where I'm like, I expected the Lopez trade. I guess the fact that it came kind of late Tuesday it means this is the best Michael Elias could get. And I guess he didn't want to just keep Lopez. He must, they must have metrics that say that Lopez is going to regress be the only thing I would say. Yeah, and I, I mean, listen, I mean, Michael Elias does his homework. He's not picking guys out of the hat. Like, he clearly likes the players he got. And, and so you're right. Like, we're, um, it's really hard to judge GMs um, because you often don't see the result. I mean, we're, we're right now, right? Last year and this year, we can definitively say the Manny Machado trade was a failure, right? But we couldn't say that right away. We had to wait several years to, to call it failure. And so we won't know, right, for three or four years whether these trades are successes or not successes. And I'm kind of excited because we're almost at the point, right, we can start to analyze Michael drafts. We can start to analyze his trade, right? Vavra, Taron Vavra was right. the result of a trade. Um, and so we can start looking at these at these trades um, that Michael Elias has made yes. kind of in the next couple seasons. But the trades this year, obviously we won't know for a few more years. Right, of course. So, yeah. Are there um, any... As far as Josh, I, I, we talked about it before. Uh, media reaction, fan reaction, any of the thoughts to how they reacted? We talked about how they reacted to, to Trey Mancini. I thought with the Jorge Lopez trade, there was actually more from what I saw on Twitter. I didn't go to Facebook.com. I saw... But just on Twitter, people were more upset in some ways about the Jorge Lopez trade yes. because of the return. And that's kind of where I was at too, honestly, than they were about the Trey Mancini trade. Yeah, I think I saw a lot of people upset about the trade. Uh, because of the return, because of the fact that you have Lopez longer, because Lopez was an all-star this year. I just don't believe Lopez is an all-star next year, so I lean towards that way. But, yeah, no, fan reaction was more negative about the Lopez stuff. It's also I'll just – it's tough being a GM. I mean, the thing about being a fan, Josh, here's the thing about being a fan. Like, you, you, you get your hearts invested in it, but also, like, I can be invested in Trey Mancini, but I also really – I mean, let's be honest. I want to win. I want to win a World Series. I don't care all that much about Trey. I, I I love Trey Mancini, friend of the show, huge Trey Mancini guy. Um, I hope he has all the success in the world for, for Houston. But at the end of the day, I just want a World Series. I just want a World Series, and so I'm not gonna cry for something that is because I I'm I'm able to separate right my emotional attachment to Trey Mancini with the desire to know what's best for this team and want to win. I want to, I, want, I want to win a World Series. I can hold both those things. But, Josh, Michael Ice did trade the two guys on this team with the best kind of stories, best emotional stories. Yeah. Jorge Lopez and his son and all his son has been through and the success of Jorge Lopez after so much failure. And, of course, we all know Trey Mancini's story. It's like, it's like Michael Ice chose the, the, the two kind of most heartfelt stories and said well, he's, well, Let me get rid of those guys. Except we also said this is what we like about Sigma Dell and Michael Elias. They're spreadsheet guys. They look at the analytics. They look at the numbers. They don't look at the people. 
And, and whether you like that or don't like that, if you want to build a team to win a World Series, the numbers matter more than the good guy test. Yep. And, but in fairness to Michael Elias, let, let me finish the quote I started to read earlier about trading, Mike, uh, trading um, Trey Mancini. He did say this. He said, this is the end of his quote, ultimately we decided to make this trade, but it's certainly a bittersweet moment and it's very emotional for me. Personally, and, and all of us saying goodbye to Trey for the next couple of months, but I love the guy. I'm so happy that he's going to a team that's going to treat him well. That's going to be a fun city and ballpark and the lineup to play in. That, I think, is going to give him a chance to win a World Series. And we'll see where it goes after that. And not to go back to the Trey Mancini uh-huh. thing, but I'll You're point gonna... out two, yeah. two, yeah, they, two for, things for in that quote. Months, for a couple months. Saying goodbye to Trey for the next couple months. And at the end of the quote, we'll see where it goes after that. Okay. Josh, that sounds like... I want to re-sign Trey Mancini, doesn't it? It all right. It it does conspiracy wise. Yes. Not even conspiracy wise. He it says does. goodbye for a couple months. We'll see where it goes after he wins the World Series. Yeah. No. That goes to we're sending you out to school to learn how to win a World Series. We'll see you next year. We'll see you in a couple months. Yeah. We'll see you in a couple months. Uh, which, that's what he says. He says we'll see in a couple months. Which and, and what did he say about Michael Elias with the probability comment? Michael Elias is honest to a fault. Yes, to a fault. He's honest. Yes, he is honest again. And it's just like, it's just, it's just like it reminds me back of 2021, where Michael Elias said, "If the Orioles are good enough to win the World Series, we'll bring Adley up or something like that." Yeah, um, where he he says stuff and we laugh at him, but then we look back and we're like, "Oh yeah, he was telling the truth." Yeah. Yeah. Um, if it increases it, the probabilities enough, yes. he'll do it. Yes. Yeah. I get it. I just, I don't know. I still don't see it happening, but I see where you can read into that. And it sure seems like a Michael Elias type deal to say, hey, I want to extend you, but why don't we trade you? We'll get guys back. Then we'll sign you in the offseason long term, and we'll, everyone win. It's win, 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 win. We're all good. Yeah. Because I was mad that the Orioles didn't like offer him a two-year extension now. Right. Like just right. just give him for two, for two more years. Exactly. But this is better. Yeah. You get the couple of prospects, then you give him two more years. Everyone's happy. Right. Right. And we'll see you after summer camp. Yeah. And okay. and 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 old dudes ha- and uh, Mancini's happy because he can hit a few more home runs yes. and maybe win a World Series. Yeah. So everyone wins. All right. Yeah, because Mancini knows. Let me take advantage of that left field wall here in Houston. Get some more home runs. That makes my pay- my price. That makes my paycheck go higher. Yeah. And then it, I get to paid more to come and hit it at this stupid left field wall. Yeah. All right. But yeah, I agree with all that. Which also brings me to this point, like the Jorge Lopez trade, the Trey Mancini trade. If we want to talk about Brett Phillips, you know, picking up him, we can talk about it. But no, I feel bad. For- all that to me is the only thing. With all Brett- that to me is yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, well, the only thing with Brett Phillips is. I can't believe that the Rays had like Brett Phillips night like two nights ago, and then they traded him. Oh, did they? Or then they DFA'd him. Well, they had a Devil Rays basketball jersey giveaway, and the whole reason they had that is because Brett Phillips is a Tampa Bay guy. He grew up in Tampa. He grew up as a Rays fan, so they always used this picture of him as a little kid in a Rays basketball jersey. So they made it a giveaway, promoted it all with him, (laughs) him as like eight years old in this jersey. And then they DFA him two days later. Yeah, that, that's, that's cold-hearted. That's another cold-hearted system right there. It reminds me of when Cespedes was traded, and then like the next week was yeah, the, Cespedes' T-shirt. The night. next week was the bobblehead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
What do we do with all these bobbleheads? So, uh, no, no, but but I was gonna say, like, I think all of that, even the Jorge Lopez, to me is like on a scale of importance, it's less important. It's like all that stuff doesn't matter. What really matters, Josh, yeah, and this is what we all should be watching now, what the Orioles do in the 2022 trade deadline, no, the offseason. What do the Orioles do in the 2022 offseason yes. going in 2023? Yeah. What do they do this coming offseason? That's the big question. Yeah. That's what we'll find out if I'm a Mike Elias stan, as the kids say, or, or if I if I need to go, you know, uh, lead, lead a Nestor walkout of Camden Yards um, because I'm so mad at, at the Orioles and ownership and, and Mike free, Elias. Free the birds is what you're looking free at. The free birds. the birds. Do, I need to, do we need to free the birds? Um, or, or do I need to make up some new Twitter accounts just where I love on Mike Elias? It's going to come down to this offseason. Yeah. Do they open up the checkbook? Do they sign a pitcher? Do they sign a, a, a position player? Do they sign Trey or whomever? Do they make actual actual sign? Like Michael Elias has never signed anyone actually good. Do they sign actual good players to compete for a World Series right. next year? It's going to come down to this offseason. Yeah. Um, any surprises that he didn't get rid of? Sell more guys? Are you surprised Santander is still here? Are you surprised Lals is still here? Are you surprised yeah. that Cedric Mullins is still here? Well, no. I, I mean, I think you talked about a gut punch before. Trey Mancino was not a gut no. punch because we all knew it was coming. You know, Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes. That yeah, those would have been, would punch have been punch. gut punches. Uh, Santander would not have been a gut punch. Um, you know, I told my son, you know, you have to have a conversation with kids. And I know a lot of kids are upset when you have... I mean, Trey Mancini was longest tenured Oriole right. here um, with that great story. And by I mean, kids, my son's five. You, he by kids, you mean like 23-year-olds, right? Yeah, yeah. No, no, I mean like if you're 10 or 12, like yeah. I'll be. Like I'm, I, I, w- I would be curious how um, uh, Bert's son or oh, even Owen, Josh. How, yeah. how did, did Owen care that Trey Mancini uh, was traded? Well, Owen's away this week. So okay, I but he's also a little bit of a newer Orioles fan yet. too, right? He's a newer Orioles fan who's all into Austin Hayes. So Austin yeah. Hayes would have been a gut punch, but uh, yeah, Trey not so much. But yeah, I don't know. We'll have to ask Albie. Yeah, but I feel like I don't know. You had to be here kind of from the beginning of Trey's reign. Yes, which I don't know. It's well, be like maybe twelve or thirteen. It's crazy um, that Trey's been here for ten years. Yeah, That's, yeah, and, and here's also a guy who was kind of kind of. Uh, there was a great tweet by Adam Pohl saying how much he struggled at Frederick. Like no home runs, and all of a sudden he put it all together. Bowie, yes. like, like not a top prospect guy, just kind of a guy who worked hard, had success in Bowie. No one kind of saw him coming, and just really immediately had success. His first hit was a home run. I always remember his mom jumping up and down his yes. first hit being a home run. Just a great moment here here in Birdland. Um, I told my son, and my son said, "Well, he's not very good." <laughs> That's, but he, he has a very like right. he thinks Santander is the best player on the team, right? right? Because this past series, Santander has been the right. best well, hitter. You've been done for me lately, but I yeah. also I and, like and that I like that attitude. But I love that attitude of oh, you're not wearing black and orange anymore. Not very good. Yeah, I, well, I was all upset. And I was and I thought like I hear things that like this is one of the tragic things about being a sports fan. You have to tell your son that players are traded and they cry. And I was like, Silas, I'm sorry. Listen, I got to talk to you about something. Um, I was all serious about it. I was like, listen, <laughs> Trey Mancini, you know, he plays for the Orioles. Like, yeah, yeah, Trey Mancini. Yeah, well, he was he was traded to another team. Right. And you know, he didn't get it. He said, well, why? Like, just, and then he said, well, we can't, can we trade back for him? Like, no, we can't trade back for him. It's kind of, 
he's there for the rest of the year. Oh, so and, and then he said, well, he's not very good anyway. You didn't let him know and about it was, your theory. I was like, all right, fine, Styles. You don't care. Right. We're good. Well, yeah. I mean, this isn't this isn't not re-signing Mike Mussina. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. Well, he's, and, and he's, he's slightly fine. above average. Yeah. Well, again, I, Josh, I hate it when you poo-poo <laughs> because we just got two top prospects for him. So I don't think the Houston Astros would say he's slightly above average. Right. I, okay? I understand. High character guy. The high character, yeah. Makes our off. He, I mean, he is. He makes our offense better. Yeah, the defense. I don't want him out there in left field or right field, or any field. I just right. want him in, in uh, hit, 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 hitting on uh, doubles and home runs. Um, but yeah, no, I'm not the Santander. Maybe surprised me a little bit. I mean, he's been our hottest offensive bat. Right. I saw an article. Here's also why I don't understand war. This is a tangent. But Ryan Blake wrote an article for Utah Street Report. Love Utah Street Report. Love Ryan Blake. Yep. And he was saying the argument to trade Trey Mancini and that Trey Mancini had the same war. I mean, I'm sorry. No, the argument to trade um, Santander. It's that Santander had the same war or maybe just slightly above the, the war of Ryan McKenna. I was like, what? The, it had, like, war, it had I understand war de- sometimes. had to be defensive war. Yeah, yeah it's defense. Maybe, maybe sure. defense only. Yeah. But, but Santander is clearly... Um, like carried our offense over the past week. He's clearly he leads the team in home runs. He leads the team in a lot of offense categories. He's clearly like a good, a really good offensive player. Um, would I like to see him play more DH? Yeah, probably. Um, though he did throw out a runner, uh, a nice throw throw out a runner in yesterday's game. Um, but but no, I think he's a good player, and he's a guy who's also under contract for the next couple of years. Listen, we're never going to get away from the treatment, from the Santander trade talks. I think this offseason we'll have similar conversations about the trade talks. Um, he's not a free agent until 2025, so and he's a good player. I guess right. it depends how high. I'm just looking at his war now. Yeah, he only has. It's kind of surprising. Um, his his war is 1.3. It's the same on offensive defense. He's plus 10.9 war on offense. A negative ten point nine war on defense, um, which somehow a negative on base running too, um, but one twenty five weighted runs created plus. So just a, a really good offensive player. Maybe you should DH him some more. I I, I I hate when players when fans dismiss players because they're bad at defense when you have a DH position that you can right. use. But, sure. but whatever. Um, um, but no, I think he's a good player, and I, and I hope he stays around. I think it also might depend how high Michael Elias is on, you know, Kyle Stowers. If you think Kyle Stowers is the answer in the outfield, then then maybe I, you're more likely to deal him. But I don't think I won't I believe think in Kyle Michael Stowers. Elias thinks Stowers is the answer, and I won't believe Stowers until he proves it in, up in the big league. I got guys yeah, which that Michael can... Elias won't give him a chance to. <laughs> right, ergo, because I got guys up here that are already proven that they deserve here. So, yep. No, I agree. Um, Brett Phillips. Any other thoughts on Brett Phillips? I no. think it's weird. It's a weird. I think it's weird that it's, you would choose Brett Phillips over Kyle Stowers. That's a little bit weird to me. It's weird. Um, I think it's weird that he's a veteran who doesn't hit very well. And it's not a guy. Um, kind of like Odor. Yeah. It's, it's weird to the me. The only thing I would it's say. It's like a Dan Duquette signing. I don't know. Maybe the veteran leadership, but still, it's a, it's a weird I know he's good defensively. But doesn't that feel like a Dan Duquette move? Uh, oh, let me totally. send this guy for veteran leadership because he he has the potential to used to be good or something. Yeah, it's a, it's a Dan Duquette deal, but like you're not trading him. 
you're not signing him to like flip him. Like there's no get him good so you can trade him. We're past the trade deadline. Yeah. So I don't know. So what are you doing with them? I don't know. It's a weird move. Unless you're trying to. I mean, I hope he doesn't take. Uh, here's what I hope he doesn't do. He better not take McKenna's spot. No, do you DFA? I, like do you DFA, I want more McKenna. Do you, are they trying to maybe DFA him and try to get him to slip through waivers? You, you can't even do that with him because he's such a veteran that he can't elect free agency. So you can't even do that. That's so I don't know. We'll find out. It, it's weird to me. And maybe one day we'll find out. This yeah. seems like a. I'm, yeah, stay tuned, boys and girls. I'm curious to see how this plays out. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, that wraps up all, all the trade news in an hour. Yeah, you covered it all. Next week we'll get to maybe some baseball because yeah, we're. Uh, I think. I haven't checked the score today, uh, um, and, and don't tell me no spoilers because I'm going to start fresh on MLB at bat app from inning one. All right, fine. So no, no fine. spoilers. All right, no spoilers. But no we spoilers. yesterday we kicked butt. No, we did say, lose. I'll give you I'll two out of three to the Reds. You want a spoiler? Oh, here's a spoiler for you. I don't. Ad- I said I don't want a spoiler. Adley Rushman. You want a spoiler? Playing. Here's a spoiler. No, I don't. Adley Rushman's playing. That's all I'll tell you. All right. I love Adley. Josh, do you think? La- last question for the trade line. Do you think? Because my I'm frantically looking for a plug because my charger um, when my computer is done. All right, we're wrapping um, up. <laughs> so you you think if the Orioles would have won, swept the Reds, we lost two to three against a terrible Reds team. If we would have swept the Reds, would that have any impact? No. On Mike Elias's decision making. Nope. Nope, because no. I don't think any of these trades kill this year. I think it, it yeah. it's all about the future. So, yep, yeah. no difference. So, I you want to get right. the plugs? I saw I saw the yeah, Sandy Burt Roadie this weekend. Oh, you did? Went and did my first college visit as we went and both took our daughters to go visit UCF on Saturday. Oh, very fun. So, got to see him a U- little bit. UCF, yeah. Yeah. They're a fun school with their football team. Claiming to be the best in the country at <laughs> times. So yeah, school. they're claiming to be the future of football. I saw that billboard a few times. Oh, nice. The future yeah. of college football. So, but hey, the Orioles are still hot. We do not have to talk football yet. Training camp nope. started. We don't care. I don't care that Lamar Jackson, the best shape of his life, no. and that he's weighs 20 more pounds and that no. Ben Cleveland can't pass a physical. We and, don't care. Nope. I don't care that the guys are running around with weird foam helmets. Who cares? Yeah. There's baseball. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need to talk about who had a good day in mini training camp, who came in the best shape of their life. No, we got competitive, compelling Orioles baseball, and we'll break it down for you every week on a Monday or Tuesday or Sunday. We'll break it down for you every week here on Section 336. Is that how you're ending? Follow us. Is that how you're ending shows now? Yeah. You've ended them the same way for 10 years. Now you're changing it to just like a commercial plug. And you can support the show on section36.com. Click Patreon. Support click, the show. Click support. Yeah, click support and become or, a Patreon member. Or click uh, store or shop, something like that. There's some new t-shirts up there that'll help out as well. You can still get the 2023 t-shirt because yeah. it's happening, boys and oh, girls. Oh, people order the 2023 shirts. That's the most popular shirt because get on board. Notice yeah, we, don't, I wear we don't have a 2022 shirt up. We do have a why not shirt up because it's fun. But... We, we're next year's where we put our, our flag in the ground. Yeah, even the why not year, it didn't go all the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going exactly. all the way next Why year. not year was just fun. This is a fun yes. year. Next year's yeah. world champion. Next year we get into biz, down to business when the world champion. Exactly. Absolutely. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. You can follow me on Twitter at Section336. You can also follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Roca. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. 
And as always, go O's. And in Elias, we trust. This year is your year, even if you also said that in 2022. And however you want to make a splash, Mother Nature can help you every step of the way with Wool Runner Mizzles from Allbirds. Wool Runner Mizzles are shoes made from premium, supernatural, weather-repellent materials. So you can jump into this year with both feet, rain or shine. The high-top runners are made from temperature-regulating, moisture-wicking merino wool, treated with durable puddle guard technology to keep you dry and comfy. And you can take confident strides with supernatural rubber treads that grip for all condition traction and sugarcane-based sweet foam midsoles that put a little bounce in each step. Allbirds is constantly innovating to increase the performance and longevity of their earth-friendly materials. So even on your toughest outings, you'll wear out before your shoes do. This year, make a splash without worrying about getting your feet wet with Wool Runner Mizzles from Allbirds. Discover your perfect pair at Allbirds.com today. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Download Upside and start getting cash back wherever you roll. It's like having your own hype man. Get an average of 17% cash back at restaurants. Oh, it's dinner time. Average of 13% on groceries. Get those groceries. 10 cents per gallon average cash back on gas. It's go time. Plus... Cash back at participating convenience stores, too. Stacks on stacks. Users can earn hundreds of dollars a year, three times more than other apps. Upside, show me that money. All right, we get it. Get it. It's easy. Just sign up for the free Upside app and start getting cash back for doing you. Download the free Upside app and use promo code DOYOU10 for an extra $10 cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's promo code D-O-Y-O-U-1-0 for an extra $10 on the free Upside app. Get cash back for doing you with the free app from Upside.